The Water Values Podcast, Session 58. Welcome to the Water Values Podcast. This is the podcast dedicated to water utilities, resources, treatment, reuse, and all things water. Now here's your host, Dave McGimsey. Hello and welcome to another session of the Water Values Podcast. As my son Joey said, I'm Dave McGimsey, and thanks for joining me on this special Wednesday release of the Water Values Podcast. Why Wednesday? Well, today's Earth Day, of course. What have you done to improve the environment today, whether or not you're listening on Earth Day? Because when you think about it, every day should be Earth Day. Before we jump into today's podcast, a quick thank you to those of you who've completed the online listener survey. It's still open, so if you haven't completed it yet, I'd really appreciate you taking just a few minutes to let me know what you think about the podcast and what topics I should be covering. It's online at thewatervalues.com. Also, a quick note on format change that you should be expecting in the next couple of weeks here. Beginning in May, we're going to a bi-weekly or twice-a-month release. There are a number of reasons for this, but the realities of getting the work done that pays the bills is chief among them. So starting in May, look for podcasts on the first and third Tuesdays of the month. That'd be May 5th and May 19th would be the releases in May then. Uh, Well, on to today's guest. Today's guest is Denise Nelson. Denise is the Vice President for Public Education for the Institute for Sustainable Infrastructure, or ISI. You know, dangerous initials to be sure. Don't add an extra S on the end. Uh, Denise joins us to discuss ISI's Envision rating system, which provides a rating system for sustainable infrastructure. Envision covers a wide range of infrastructure types, but as Denise explained, a lot of the award-winning projects involve water, and that should come as no surprise to you because, as we've talked about many times on other episodes of this podcast, water touches the environment and sustainability issues in a lot of different ways, and Denise does a great job explaining how water fits into the Envision rating system. With that said, let's get on with it. Open the valves, fasten your seatbelts, and here we go. Well, Denise, thanks very much for coming on to the Water Values Podcast. Greatly appreciate your time. Uh, To start off, Denise, could you tell us a little bit about your background and how you got interested in water? Uh, Well, hi, Dave. Thanks for having me. Um, I've been a practicing engineer in the water wastewater field for over 12 years now. I graduated from civil engineering at Virginia Tech in Virginia with my and earned a master's degree in environmental engineering at the University of Cincinnati. And I've worked in consulting services, again, related to water, wastewater, and stormwater engineering for AECOM companies, and then most recently, Greeley and Hansen. Terrific. Now, what are you doing now? Currently, I'm the vice president for public education at the Institute for Sustainable Infrastructure. At the Institute, I manage all of the uh, public messaging and training programs, as well as general marketing and advertising. And so how long have you been at the uh, Institute for Sustainable Infrastructure? Well, I was a volunteer for the Institute for three years now. I was the chair of the Professional Development Committee. Uh, But recently in January, I came on staff as the vice president for public education, and I've been full-time ever since. Terrific. Now, could you tell us a little bit about what the Institute for Sustainable Sustainable Infrastructure is and what its mission is and kind of just a little background on, on the Institute? Sure. Uh, the Institute, or ISI, is a nonprofit organization with a very focused purpose. We administer the Envision rating system. ISI was founded by three engineering societies, the American Society of Civil Engineers, 
the American Council of Engineering Companies, and the American Public Works Association, specifically to create and administer this infrastructure rating system. ISI also teamed with the Zofnis Program for Sustainable Infrastructure at Harvard University at the Graduate School of Design in order to create and uh, put Envision out there for our use in the industry. Okay, and so you have the Envision rating system. Can you tell us a little bit about what that is? Sure. Um, Envision is a guidance and metric system for promoting sustainable infrastructure. You could think of it as a sister to some of the other systems that are out there, like the LEED Green Building Program or Green Roads um, Invest by the Federal Highway Administration. What we provide is uh, free guidance and a free guidance manual and then a system for evaluating infrastructure projects. Um, we do actually offer um, professional accreditation and project verifi verification for awards on a fee basis. And Envision is unique from these other rating systems because we look at the entire life cycle of infrastructure from planning all the way to decommissioning or deconstruction. And we also look at all different types of infrastructure so you're able to discuss the sustainability of a road project compared to a wastewater treatment project. Sure. And just to be clear, you're talking about uh, prospective or future infrastructure projects. You're not, are you going around grading existing infrastructure to see what needs to be replaced, for example? You know, we did look at existing infrastructure to see what the best practices were that have evolved over time. But you're right, the tool is focused on guiding new and improved planning and design processes so that we can create better infrastructure. And also the existing infrastructure can be operated and maintained in a better way. Okay, and so how do you go about doing this? I mean, what's, what's the actual process for how uh, the Envision rating system uh, is, is gr say, graded or how, how, it, how does that play out? Authors uh, took a broad look at the industry, at all of the best practices that were in place, um, and we, we took those sustainability philosophies and we adapted them specifically for infrastructure-type projects. So we came up with a list of 60 credits. Each one of those credits looks at a unique aspect of sustainability. We organized those credits into five categories, so it's it's breaking them down and making it easier to explain to people and, and organize our approach. Uh, the categories are quality of life, leadership, resource allocation, natural world, and climate and risk. Okay, and so uh, that's five categories, so each one has approximately tw 12 credits to it? I mean, That's it, right, it, uh, give or take a few. Okay. And so we, we encourage project teams to look at these 60 credits and just make decisions about their projects. Sometimes there are decisions that they were going to make. Um, it was inherent to the project. If you're, if you're doing a stream restoration, you're automatically going to think about the buffer along the stream. But if you're doing a road project, maybe you're not automatically thinking about that buffer around a nearby stream. So we're trying to help people improve the practices they are doing, but also take some time for additional considerations so they can use Envision to help guide their decision-making. And then when a project is near complete of the design phase, 
they can actually go through these 60 credits and rate the project and get a score. Okay. And in terms of how each, say, credit is weighted, I mean, is there any, are, are certain credits given more weight than others, or is it all kind of, you hit one credit, you get, you know, one point for uh, the credits are weighted differently. Um, the categories, the five categories, are generally balanced for the weighting, um, but the different categories might have a slightly different number of credits. And we've provided all of the details behind that weighting in our guidance manual, which is for free online. So it's a very transparent system. It's been in use for three years. Um, people reviewed an initial draft, and they are constantly giving us feedback on the current version that's out there for use so that we're always making sure that we are addressing the industry best practices and we're also being reasonable with our recommendations so that these things can actually be implemented and, and are given the proper weighting. And I'm glad you asked about weighting because sometimes we have questions, say, um, on the roof of a pumping station building you know, should I should I make that a reflective surface to minimize heat islands, or should I put uh, plants up there so that I have a green roof to manage the temperature control in the building, or should I put solar panels to generate energy? And how do I decide, other than the the cost of these features, how do I decide the uh, impact on the sustainability of the project? Well, you can go into Envision and look at this weighting, and it can help give you another. Uh, number to compare. Oh wow, that's that's very uh, interesting to see how how that could play out. So uh, I'm glad that you you went into that kind of detail on that. Uh, and and you said it's online. And for those listening at home, we will put a link in the show notes uh, to the ISI's website and and where you can find all this information. So if you're running or something like that, don't worry, we'll we'll take care of you there. Um. But Denise, uh, could you tell us a little about how this podcast is obviously about water. Could you tell us a little about how uh, water is incorporated into the Envision grading system and model? Yes, I'll go through each category and talk about how it addresses water. The first category we call quality of life. And this is really a planning stage category that looks at how the project interacts with the community and serves the community's needs for the long term. And so in this category, we look at water as a resource for the community, for recreation, for enhancing public space, for promoting the local character and the, the sites that people want to visit. And it's also available to help with economic development and sustainable growth. Under the leadership category, we look at protecting our water as a resource and as a feature in our national environment. So we encourage putting in place long-term planning for maintenance and monitoring, as well as looking at any uh, regulations or codes that, that might seem conflicting when you're trying to have sustainable infrastructure interact with water. Under the resource allocation category, we look at water as a resource that we're using and we're also discharging from the infrastructure during construction and during operations and maintenance. So in this category, we're trying to conserve our water and protect it and make smart choices about uh, the amount of water that we use. In the natural world category, we're looking at water as a feature of the site and as a major part of the ecosystem, the natural habits, and the water table uh, to support biodiversity and the health of the natural world. 
And then finally, under climate and risk, we're looking at any short-term or long-term hazards that could be related to water in some way, whether it's sea level rise or whether it's rainfall and extreme st extreme storm events. Excuse me. Oh sure. Uh, so under each of these under each of these five categories, there are a number of credits, and so you know when we're looking at say you mentioned under uh, quality of life, you know like uh, community resource. Uh, water as a community resource. I mean, are there, what are ex examples of some of the actual credits under each one of these categories? Under the quality of life, we have a credit, for example, that is enhanced public space. And in this credit, we're talking about creating or preserving or restoring a public park, a plaza, um, some place where the people have to get outside and get the fresh air. And certainly a water feature or the water in this area would be a significant contributor. Under leadership, the big uh, credit there would be plan for long-term monitoring and maintenance. So this might be um, checking the quality of the water in a stream or even the drinking water supply, and then setting aside resources, uh, financial and um, technical resources so that you can make sure you're monitoring that quality over time. Under resource allocation, there's several credits here where we are trying to reduce our potable water consumption, uh, monitoring the water systems again, and protecting the fresh water availability. Under the natural world, we're managing the stormwater. We're protecting wetlands, floodplains, and any other surface waters. And then under climate and risk, we're assessing the climate threat and the impact of changes to the um, weather patterns, the sea level rise, anything that might be related to these variables that are changing over time that we need to take into account as changes to defined or standard variables that we typically use in our design calculations. Okay. Uh, you, let's just take natural world. And you mentioned the stormwater, uh, stormwater management and, and things of that nature. That's, that's something that uh, I'm really interested in. So what, what are the types of credits that, you know, particularly affect or are impacted by uh, the stormwater management type credits? Well, the one main credit is actually a general overall credit called managed stormwater. And here, the intent of the credit is to minimize the impact of infrastructure on stormwater runoff, quality, and quantity. Okay. And our metric for tracking that is the info infiltration and evapotranspiration capacity of the site and returning the site to pre-development capacities. So even if this is a redeveloped area, we wanna make sure that people are considering containing the stormwater on site and helping it infiltrate back down in the ground as if it would had there been no development. So what? So that's that's very interesting. So what, what types of infrastructure are helping achieve that kind of uh, you know, return to pre-development status. I mean, is it is it just green roofs, or are there other uh, other other infrastructure you know types of projects that can that can get that uh, you know infiltration and evapotranspiration rates back to pre-development status? It's a good question because we've had some projects that specifically focus on stormwater and surface water type projects. So the intent of the project is to create a wetland system to filter stormwater runoff and treat it and infiltrate it back into the ground. 
or the intent of the project is to create a riparian buffer along a stream. And it's, it's very natural for those projects to incorporate that infrastructure to protect and contain and manage the stormwater. But sometimes we have projects, um, for instance, a bridge project or a roadway project through the desert where managing the stormwater might not be the first thing that comes to mind. And so what we're trying to do is remind them that they still have options. They can replace the soil with a more natural soil to the site so that it actually helps infiltration to replenish that groundwater supply. And they can take other actions like that. Um, so let's say that I've, I've got an infrastructure project. I uh, have gone through the Envision you know, grading and metrics process. And uh, so what's next? So I build my project. Is there are there is there any recognition or something like that that Envision gives out to to recognize and and promote projects that are implemented in a sustainable manner? Yes, we do. Um, first, we encourage everybody to review the guidance just to improve our practices in the industry. But if you do want to go through the full rating system and get a score, you can do that as a self assessment. And then you know that it's a process that was documented and you can report that you have this score available. If you needed an additional step, you could go through a third party verification phase where ISI brings in a local expert to review your adherence to the criteria in the Envision rating system. And then they will confirm your score. And depending on the level of score you achieve, you can be awarded a plaque or you know some sort of recognition. Um, we have four levels of recognition. They are conveniently named to match the lead levels just to help with uh, the vocabulary for our senior officials and politicians. So we have bronze, gold, silver, and platinum. Uh, do you have some examples of, of or, I mean, have you said it's a three-year-old program? Are there any uh, projects that have that have won awards, or you know, could you give us a, a thumbnail on on some projects that have have used the Envision rating system? We know of hundreds and hundreds of projects that have used the rating system for self-assessments, and to date, there have been six that have achieved awards through this third party verification program. Um, it may not sound like a lot, but if you think the, of the overall timeline of planning and designing and constructing an infrastructure project, uh, the fact that we have six already in three years is, is actually quite a big achievement. Now that the rating system has been out, we expect to see a, a much faster influx of projects come through. All of the six projects have a unique relationship to water. So I would like to take a minute to mention each one. The William Jack Hernandez Sport Fish Hatchery in Anchorage, Alaska was the first project to get an award in July 2013. This was a warehouse type facility on a redevelopment site. It was actually a contaminated brownfield that had a stream and natural environment. So the purpose of the facility is to grow fish to put back in the stream to support the sport fishing industry. The facility came up with a new innovative method for reducing the amount of water and energy needed to support the growth of fish, saving 95% of the water and energy. And then they were also able to create a park-like setting on the site so that the public could visit, learn about the um, fish hatchery itself, and take a stroll around the site and visit the stream. This way they could be 
educated on the sport fishing industry. The second project was the Snow Creek Restoration Project uh, in Placer County, California. So the intent of this project was to restore the buffer zone around a stream. So they really focused on removing any extraneous materials that had been there from development over the years, putting back natural fill, dirt, and then putting back natural vegetation to support the wildlife and the species. And this really helped filter the stormwater and protect the quality of the water in the stream. Another interesting project is the South LA Wetland Park in the city of LA, California. This project earned a platinum award in January of 2014. This project built on a brownfield in the middle of an industrial area, a new park for the citizens that incorporated a three-tier wetland system specifically to treat stormwater runoff. So they had huge stormwater pipelines redirected to this wetland system to remove the trash and then to clean out the smaller particles with this natural filtration process. Um, the Sun Valley Watershed Project in LA County, California, received a platinum award in August 2014. This project was actually a series of several projects in the Sun Valley Watershed that looked specifically at managing stormwater and infiltrating that water back into the ground. So they were looking at improving the watershed quality as a whole and supporting the wildlife and the species diversity. Now, the next two projects are a little different. They're more of the traditional gray type infrastructure. One is the uh, pipeline project at the Tarrant Regional Water District in North Central Texas. This earned a silver award in October 2014. The purpose of the project was to move water from a reservoir down to the city so that they would have a backup water supply. And so while they're putting in this water line, they're looking at the long-term needs of the community and the long-term trends in the climate and realizing that they're gonna need additional water resources. So they're putting this infrastructure in place now, um, very forward thinking to meet the future demands. And then the final project is a wastewater treatment facility in Ontario, Canada that received a platinum award this year in February. Um, this is the first wastewater treatment plant to get an award. And what they did here is convert some existing lagoons into aerated wetland treatment facilities as part of the water treatment plant in order to clean that water and make it available for the local streams, but also let it infiltrate and recharge the groundwater table. So by my count, that's four platinum, one gold, one silver, and... Um... I'm just curious, what, how many credits are needed to hit each of these levels that you've, you know, that these projects have achieved? Well, it's kind of funny. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Um, a lot of people, when they hear the the number of points, which we we report as a percentage, um, they they are instantly a little baffled because our award levels start at twenty percent, thirty percent, forty percent, and fifty percent which might sound a little low if you're looking at the grading system from, from you know, high school, or even if you're looking at the lead green building system, which starts at, I believe, um, 40, 60, 80. Um, the reason our numbers are lower is because Envision looks at all different types of infrastructure 
and it looks at all the different ways to be sustainable. And we recognize that there's no way you could put every credit into every project. For example, sometimes the credits are mutually exclusive. Um, you might not be able to use recycled content material that if it's not available locally, you can't get both of those credits. So our scores start at the 20% level and go up to 50%. And the way we like to think about this is Envision takes you beyond conventional or standard design practices. So you have a project that is in compliance, you're at 100% as far as the industry is concerned. To get an Envision award, you need to go to 120%, and that will get you that first level bronze award. And then you can go above that. The um, One of the projects that received the platinum award, the highest score that we've seen so far was a 67%, and that's really quite outstanding. Wow, that's terrific. Um... Well, that, that's excellent, and I'm glad it's being so well received in the in the community. Uh, I like how you indicated that, uh, you know, given the the long planning horizons that many projects faced, have six already in the first three years is really impressive. So, kudos on that. You said there were also hundreds of other projects that you're aware of. Uh, can you discuss some of those other projects that have have kind of uh, are in the pipeline or have uh, just you know self checked themselves? Oh, sure. Um, these run the gamut from any type of sustainability uh, or any type of infrastructure project you can think of. Um, we target communities in the U.S. and Canada and um, every type of infrastructure you can think of. Most um, of the infrastructure that's publicly owned is going to be you know, roads, uh, utilities, bridges, things like that. Um, we have seen a couple of projects come in from the power industry. Um, transmission lines. Uh, we look at reservoirs and, like I said, pipelines, um, anything you can think of that is built but not inhabited. Um, we're also seeing people use Envision in other ways. It was intended for individual infrastructure projects, but because it is such a useful tool for the planning phase of a project, communities are using it to help plan multiple projects. So they're, help, they're using the tool to help select which projects get funding or which projects get priority. And they're also using the tool as an outreach mechanism. So they can go and talk to the community and say, listen, we've selected this national standard to address sustainability. It's very organized in these 60 credits. And we'd like to explain this process to you so you can see how our projects fit in and hopefully then you will support our projects. Okay. Um, so if I'm, if I'm looking at an infrastructure project and what's, what's the first thing I'm going to do if I want to, if I, if I want to use the Envision system? Well, the first thing I would do is go to our website and download the guidance manual. It's basically a textbook. It's available for free and you can look at each of these 60 sustainability principles. And you can, for your own reference, think about the things you do already, the things you might be willing to do or would make sense to incorporate in your project. And then by default, there's going to be a few things left over that, that don't quite make sense to you for the purpose of this specific project or for the purpose of this community. And that's fine. You can exclude those credits. 
There are two tools you can use if you're just getting started. We offer a checklist, which is a quick and easy tool that has a series of yes, no questions. So we're helping people work through the 60 credits um, in about an hour or two hours. They can get a final score from the checklist. And that really just helps introduce a lot of these sustainability concepts that people may not have ever considered. But for people that are already beyond that and are ready to go in depth, they can use the full-blown rating system. And that is clearly laid out in the guidance manual. We do offer an online calculator to walk people through the evaluation because here now we're looking at the 60 credits, but we're not just asking, did you do it, yes or no? We are asking, to what extent? And that gives us a chance to clarify you know, if you're a beginner in using recycled materials and you have 20% of your content coming from recycled materials, we definitely want to applaud you for that effort. But we also want to have deeper levels so that we can encourage you to go aim for 40% or 60% or strive to do a little better in each one of the credits. For the actual rating process, let's say I'm, I'm going to have someone from ISI come out or, you know, you as you indicated earlier, uh, get get someone local and come out and, and and a local expert and kind of grade our project. What's what's the timeline for the process? How long is all this going to take me? Well, we encourage you to use Envision throughout the planning and design phases. And hopefully by the end of that design phase, you would have a self-assessment complete. So you would have a good idea of where you stand among the 60 credits. And then if you wanted that third-party verification, you'd contact ISI. There is a fee for this process. And you would turn over your self-assessment with supporting documentation to be reviewed by the third-party verifier. Now, we don't want you to spend weeks and weeks preparing hundreds and hundreds of pages of documentation. <laughs> the idea here is that you would already have the plans, the specifications, the design report, and maybe some site investigations or other reports that have data in it that addresses each of the 60 credits. And you can say, okay, well, for credit um, natural world managed stormwater, what I did was I installed uh, permeable pavers, and then I also put in um, an infiltration trench as shown on contract drawing page four. So you point the verifier directly to that. They go through and review your work on the 60 credits, and then ISI would give you the award. We try to keep that whole third-party process to get you to the award uh, within 90 days for your own sake, because we know you're very excited to celebrate your successes. So far, it hasn't taken that long, um, but that's a that's a general timeline for you to consider. Okay, and in terms of the, uh, the fee for the self-verification, What's what's a ballpark for that? Or if um, so, for a self-assessment, that's free. Okay. If you'd like to go for the third-party verification, the fee varies based on the size of the project. Understandably, a larger project with more documents is going to take longer for a verifier to review. We have all of this information on our website. Um, I'm actually pulling up the pricing right now. So for projects up to $2 million for design and construction, the verification fee is $2,400. And then it scales up from there um, for projects that are closer to $250 million, if you're, if you're a large uh, infrastructure developer, 
the verification fee is twenty eight thousand. Okay, so it's 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 really a pretty small percentage of the overall project cost, um, is what I'm hearing. Yes, it is. Um, but we realize that a lot of the infrastructure in the country is owned by the public sector, and that any added cost is going to be a burden. Um, so that's why we make sure that the self-assessment is out there and available free, and we provide education so people are using it properly. Terrific. Well, Denise, you've been absolutely fantastic today. Really appreciate you walking us through how the Envision rating system works and, and what the uh, Institute for Sustainable Infrastructure is. Uh, for those who want to find out more information about you or the ISI, can you tell them where they can, can find that information? Sure. We are a web-based company. All of our information is available at www.sustainableinfrastructure.org. Good. And, and you guys are on Twitter, I assume, and LinkedIn and all that? Yes. On LinkedIn, we have a group called Institute for Sustainable Infrastructure that's available for everybody to join. We also have a professional accreditation program for people that would like to get extra training on using Envision. And we have a special LinkedIn group for those people. It's called the Envision Sustainability Professional Group. And then on Twitter, we are ISI Envision. Terrific. Well, Denise, thanks again. You've been fantastic. Really appreciate your time. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. You bet. Bye, Denise. Well, I hope you like that interview with Denise Nelson, the Vice President for Public Education for the Institute for Sustainable Infrastructure. Just a couple quick takeaways this week. The first is what I mentioned at the top of the podcast, and that's how deeply water sustainability is interconnected with environmental sustainability. All six award-winning projects Denise identified have a strong relationship with water. Another takeaway is how quickly the Envision rating system has grown to be this young and to have six award-winning projects already and hundreds more having gone through the self-assessment process. It's just fantastic and speaks volumes to how important the system is. I'd love to hear from you if you've used the system or are using the system and what you thought or think about it. Uh, well, you can check out the show notes for this session of the Water Values podcast at thewatervalues.com forward slash pod 58. Leave a comment on the show notes or email me at david at thewatervalues.com. You can also tweet at me at DTM1993, and you can tweet about the podcast using the hashtag watervalues. And don't forget to rate and please review the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, or any other podcast directory on which you listen to the podcast. And please don't forget to tell your friends and colleagues about the podcast, to sign up for the Water Values newsletter, and to take that listener survey I mentioned at the top of the show, all of which can be done at thewatervalues.com. In closing, please remember to keep the core message of the Water Values podcast in mind as you go about your daily business. Water is our most valuable resource, so please join me by going out into the world and acting like it. listening to the Water Values Podcast. Thank you for spending some of your day with my dad and me. Thank you for tuning into the disclaimer. 
I'm a lawyer licensed in Colorado and Indiana, and this podcast does not establish an attorney-client relationship with you or anyone else. And information in this podcast should not be considered legal advice. Further, this podcast is not a solicitation for professional employment. I'm just a lawyer who finds water issues interesting and who believes greater public education about water issues is necessary. And that includes enhancing my own education about water issues because no one knows everything about water. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.